Welcome to another episode of Justice Sobriety, where we talk, share, and spill the tea soberly and anonymously. Today, I have a special guest, my lovely fiance, Brittany. And um, I'm just going to jump right into it because she's in a hurry because she wants to play her video games and get something to eat. How selfish. And she just got off of work. Come on now. I'm hungry. <laughs> I guess that's okay. But, um... So, in a meeting earlier, we were reading from To the Wives on page 107, and it just really resonated with me. Um, so, I'm just going to read this, and then there's a few different quotes. Like, it, there's a paragraph and, like, two other little quotes that I wanted to read from the pages. So, I'm just going to jump right into it since I can't do my normal introduction. I'll just do it at the end. It's fine. <laughs> she gives me looks. Okay. So on page 107, I think it's like in the middle of it. I don't remember. I don't have the book itself in front of me. I just wrote this stuff down. So it says, How could men who love their wives and children be so unthinking, so callous, so cruel? There could be love in such persons, we thought. And just as we were being convinced of their heartlessness, they would surprise us with fresh resolves and new attentions. For a while, they would be their old sweet selves, only to dash to the new structure of affection to pieces once more. As asked why they commenced to drink again, they would reply with some silly excuse or none. It was baff It was so baffling, so heartbreaking. Could we have been so mistaken in the men we married? When drinking, they were strangers. Sometimes they were so inaccessible that it seemed as though a great wall had been built around them. And then um, later on in page, page 107, it says, Perhaps your husband has been living in that state. Oh, wait, no. Perhaps your husband has been living in that strange world of alcoholism where everything is distorted and exaggerated. You can see that he really does love you with his better self. And then on page 105... I'm going backwards. It says, Our homes had been battlegrounds many an evening, and the morning we have kissed and made up. So, before I share, I wanted to see, like, what you thought of when you read this and when you listened to me read it, because, like, I mean, it's this, you know, this part, it's, like, coming, like, from the perspectives of the significant others. And you being my significant other, being with me from, like, the beginning to now with my alcoholism and recovery and all that. Um, yeah, like, is there anything that stuck out for you? Is there anything you can really relate to? Is there anything you wanted to comment on? And I know I'm asking you to do this, but, like, <laughs> because I'm asking you to do this, is there anything you could comment on or share with our listeners who may be going through the same thing. Well, I can definitely say from the original quote that um, you were reading about how could men who love their wives and children be so unthinkable, so callous, and so cruel. And that entire paragraph can totally relate to because there would be times back in your active alcoholism where you'd be like super sweet want to like go out and do all these cutesy things and then other times you'd want to go and 
like, go get, like, stuff without me knowing and drink without me knowing. And then whenever I find out, it turns into an argument. And it's, like, it, like with this quota in specifically, it does make, like, um, it is kind of, like, how can they be so, like, unthinkable? It's, like, okay, so we clearly know that this alco- that this alcoholism is causing problems between us, so why do you keep doing it? You know, and there were definitely some times where we had some really nasty arguments. (laughs) And it's just like, yeah, so how can you be so cruel and so unthinking and just not care? Um, let's see. Definitely can relate to where, where it says for a while they would be their old sweet selves only to dash and basically screw everything up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Did that quite often in your active uh, addiction? Me? Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, and I mean, there were times where whenever you weren't drinking, we would talk about it and you would seem like there would be some sort of, like, resolve or some sort of, like, headway being made with our conversation and then only <laughs> next thing you know, either that same night or literally a couple days later you're back to getting like completely wasted it's interesting that you say that because i don't even remember having any headway in between that time i do (laughs) okay continue sorry but yeah so it's just like we can definitely relate very very much so with this entire quote sarah there isn't really too many other play things I can pick and choose out here because that's literally how the entire situation was. Right. And then whenever, like, after we would make some headway, then there were other times where it was just, like, impossible to, like, get through to you. So where it says sometimes they were so inex- inaccessible that it seemed as though a great wall built around them. That is definitely true. Because... Like I said, I would try to make a comment about something. And it wouldn't even always be just about, like, drinking. It could be about any, like, daily thing. Like, oh, did you do this today? Or what have you. And then they would just... You wouldn't either register it or, like, um, pay it any attention. And it would just get frustrating. Which may or may not have led to another argument. Um, so that's for that whole quote. Uh, definitely... The second quote about the home, our homes had been battlegrounds many an evening. And in the morning we have kissed and made up. That's happened I don't know how many times. <laughs> yeah. Especially in your active, like, addiction. That was some nuts because we would have some, like I said, we would have some really nasty fights. And then one of us, typically me, would be like, oh, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. And then... We would kind of, like, make up afterwards. I was too stubborn, too, and I didn't want to be the person apologizing first. You didn't want to be, like, the problem when you were the problem. Of course not. (laughs) Because it was your fault. Of course it was my fault. Because, you know, I was holding a bottle to your mouth and be like, you need to drink this. Well, you were the problem because you were trying to take it away from me. (laughs) But, yeah. So, I can definitely relate to 
um, that one as well because definitely so many things have happened like in our home about these same topics that it would just turn into an argument. Uh, let's see. I because of my background as a in psychology, I can also understand what the third quote says, where it says, "Perhaps your husband has been living in that strange world of alcoholism, and everything is distorted and exaggerated." Well, uh, and that uh, you can't see that he really does love you with his better self. That can also make sense because, again, with I, I alcoholic self is a depressant so a lot of and this is just science sometimes alcohol can increase whatever way you're feeling whenever you start drinking so if you're feeling really sad then it can make you like even worse sad if you're happy it could kind of make you a little bit happy um if you're like off in your own little world then you're gonna be understanding your world but like within a veil and the very rare occasions where in the act of addiction where you you would like uh in a way come to to reality it's like oh okay so there is still something there between us you know and that even with this stuff going on um there is still that love and affection there it's just um, in a way, it's just kind of, like, veiled. Uh. Oh, that was just a quote that someone said I really liked. Oh. I yeah. mean, if you have something to say about that, go for it. This quote... I don't really have much to comment on it, because... I'm the type of person that I will... I will possibly try to actively fix somebody can you read the quote yeah the quote is you are welcome to come into my peace but i will not go into your storm and with that like i was saying beforehand um i don't have too too much to comment on it because just with how i am as a person i always want to try to like help somebody even if they don't want it so i would be the type of person that would go into the storm, but I would go into the storm only to try and pull something you out. Right. But, yeah. Okay, and then, um, it's not mentioned in here, because I I didn't want to write more than a page already, but earlier in the book, it was mentioning how, like, some of the alcoholics who, who were suffering... They would lash out in anger, they would start fights, they would they would break things, they would end up in, like, cop cars and just all this shit. And then it, it made me realize, like, or it reminded me that whenever I was sober, or not, like, a recovery sober, but the, the few times in between drinking, I would, um... I would be really angry, and I would lash out at people, I would start fights, I would, like, throw shit, you know, slam doors, things like that, and I know now that that was my undiagnosed BPD, that I would, like, self-medicate with the alcohol, 
but it it still affected our relationship and it still caused a lot of problems and um it's just crazy to me how you stuck with me through all that shit cuz I'm a stubborn bitch too <laughs> and um I put you through hell yup but for some reason you still loved me and like you showed me love the entire time in different ways, even when I didn't want it, even when I couldn't re- realize it. And then would throw your drunk ass in the shower to try and help you sober up. Yeah. And then I would throw up on your favorite shirt. <sighs> it's like when Don't I... remind me of that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would drink to calm that anger, thinking it would make it better when it didn't make it better. Because I would just get drunk and drunk call people and cry and I would laugh for a little bit I would have fun for a little bit but then I would just get really sad when things yeah I would get in my feels once shit got worse and um yeah it just never solved any of the problems they were all still there and um I don't know, I just, I was trying to push you away because I didn't think that I deserved you. I didn't think that I was going to get any better. And I didn't really know if I wanted to get better for a really long time. But you fucking stayed. And even after all the shit, after I got sober, my unhealthy friendships and... Even though I warned you against those two? (laughs) I wasn't well enough in my recovery to even want to listen to you. I know. You were still the enemy because you didn't like me drinking. I know. You were trying to change me when I wasn't ready. But I was trying to change myself eventually, but it wasn't going to be on your time. Oh, I know. (laughs) Did you just flip me off? No, I didn't. discreetly flip me off no i would have done that oh okay (laughs) anyways i just wanted oh yeah and then i did mention in another share like people were saying that after they did get in recovery it took them some time for them and their wives to build trust and to have a better relationship and you know i i shared and i was like look like we're the ones who did all these things, not them. Like, they were just, like, reacting to us mm-hmm. and um, just trying to deal with us without leaving us or anything. I mean, I don't... I mean, some people have lost relationships over this, but I was one of the lucky ones where I didn't... Um, we're almost done. <laughs> She's texting her friend about gaming. Probably, like, this bitch is taking too long. No, I was asking if you're still home. Oh, okay. But anyways, um, you know, things, when, I mean, when I first got sober, I noticed changes in me, and I'm sure you did too, but, like, there were times where you still, like, said something that triggered me that made me feel like, I don't know, like, like I wasn't doing enough. And I was just like, what the fuck? I'm doing my best. But again, I had to realize, you know, I was the one that put you through hell. And it was going to take more than just me going to meetings and reading from a fucking book to gain your trust back and your faith back. And, um, 
yeah, I'm just really glad you stuck through it and stayed by my side. And now in the month we're getting married. That's crazy. I know. Just like the facts, like how far we've come from basically living like roommates at best to, I feel like we fell back in love. Yeah. Can agree with that. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. And I guess you're free now if you want to go game. Yes. (laughs) But yeah, you guys got lucky a rare occurrence of her on my podcast episode. In my defense, I'm always at work. And by the time I'm getting home, she is literally going to bed. I need my sleep. (laughs) Okay, but... That's enough of this segment. I'll start the other one when she's gone because it's going to be loud when she shuts the door. So bye for now. And it's really going to be like a second until the next segment starts. So just stick around. Okay, bye. Say bye. Bye. (laughs) Okay, so welcome to segment two. Told you it would just be a second. So, okay. So, I normally do my catching up in the beginning of the episodes just to get it out of the way, but somebody was in a hurry. So, um, things in my life that has happened since I last spoke to you guys, um, I made a trip to Louisiana and I saw some family and it was really nice. I got to see my mom for a couple of days. I got to see my grandpa and his new wife. It was really bittersweet because I stayed in the home that the last time I was there my grandmother was alive and now she is not so and she died in that trailer so you know whenever I stayed there that night I didn't sleep very well I was like I don't know I was being stupid like oh no what if she comes back and haunts me or I don't know But I got maybe four hours of sleep and then I woke up and I jumped on an online meeting and I just stayed up from there. But they were very welcoming and loving and, you know, made sure I felt as comfortable as I could. And it was was a pretty good experience. And then I got to see my mom. (laughs) And little did I know she lives in the boonies. Like, I knew she lives in the boonies, but I didn't know I wouldn't have any cell reception there or Wi-Fi or anything. So that was interesting. I um, I think I missed some assignments, which it wasn't her fault. I should have, I should have asked before I came to make sure my, my ducks were in order, but I didn't because my ducks are never in order. So that's literally my fault, not hers. Um, it was a really good visit and I didn't really want to leave as, as soon as I had to, but you know, that's life. And then as soon as I get back to work that that next Tuesday, um, things just start going to shit. Um, I had a conversation with my new boss. And I don't really want to say everything on here because I know it's, it's anonymous. You guys don't know, like, where I work, where I live, my last name, anything like that. But still, like, I don't want to share every detail. Um... But it didn't go very well. And I have a lot of anger towards this situation. And there's not much I can 
I can't control it. I just can't control it. And um, I have a lot of anger and resentment. And I feel like I have to be perfect or that's it. (laughs) I'm not a perfect person. I make mistakes all the damn time. I'm not consistently anything. And they want me to be consistent. I just, I know I'm not capable. Or I don't feel capable. And what you feel is your reality. So regardless of what any of you guys think, I don't feel capable. So I don't really want to hear shit. Like, you can... Like, I don't really, I'm not looking for support right now. I'm just venting. So, that happened. And then just some stress about my my wedding and um, other random, like, out of nowhere, like, fights with other family members. Like, what the fuck? Like, people are just coming at me. And I'm sure I play some part in it. And, you know, that's something I'm going to look further and see when I do, like, a fourth step over it. But what the fuck? Like, it was out of nowhere. Just, like, first first one family argument, and then my work stuff, and then another family argument. And then it's just like, what? What the hell? Like, I'm not this shitty person, but everyone wants to treat me like I'm a fuck-up. And, you know, and maybe that's not their intention, but that's what it feels like. And unfortunately, what it feels like is my reality, and... I'm trying my best to change it, but, and look on the positives, but, you know, I'm not perfect. I deal with anger not so well. Um, I took a day off of work over it, and I just sat in the dark all day and cried, and one of my friends called me in the middle of a breakdown, and she picks me up and took me to a meeting, because if it weren't for her, I wasn't going to go, and... If I wasn't going to go, I would just wallow in my anger and self-pity. And where's that going to get me? Nowhere. I wanted to fucking drink. I wanted to use. I wanted to hurt myself. Like, it just... Um, it wasn't going well. It wasn't going to go well. Um, I was very close to relapsing. I even had a really bad relapse dream. And, um, you know, some of them was like... Some of them in the past were like, oh, you know, oops, you drink alcohol. But no, this one was like... I was even drinking with with Brittany and I was like taking I took at least four shots after each other and I blacked out in my dream it was ridiculous and then I just like had this great remorse over it and I was just upset and going crazy and it was just horrible and I think maybe that relapse dream stopped me from actually relapsing so in a way I'm grateful for it um it was a little dramatic but you know, sometimes it's helpful. So since then, I've been trying to just live in the solution and see what I can control. And I'm not going to say much else about that, but I'm just trying to focus on the positives and just live in the present and really just try not to focus on it. Because as, as long as I focus on it, I'm going to be angry. And if you guys hear dogs whining in the background, just ignore it. I can't control that either. And, um, anyways. So, we are going over personality disorders and my abnormal behavior course. And it's like, I don't want to say it's like my time to shine, but it feels like my time to shine. And... (laughs) 
as you guys know, I have borderline personality disorder. And I don't really remember what I've already shared about it. Oh my god, this dog. Again, things I can't control. My patience is not very great. Um, anyways, I don't know what I've already shared about it with you guys. So I have some information here and I'm just going to read it. I mean, it's really interesting to me. And it really just validates that and reassures that I do have it, which isn't a good thing, but I mean, at least I can understand it. It really helps me understand it, like seeing this on paper. It's like, okay, I'm just going to read. I'm rambling. So borderline personality disorder is characterized primarily by a lack of sense of self and persistent disruptive patterns of engaging in intense and unstable relationships check this pervasive pattern of instability normally begins in early adulthood and can be observed through the individual's functioning this personality disorder has three foundational features chronic fear real or imagined of impending abandonment by loved ones check friends or caregivers intense relationships that vary between idealization and of disappointment in the other person and unstable or unsure identity patterns as evidenced by unexpected or sudden changes in career, sense of self, values, or sexual identity. Check and check. People with borderline personality disorder are very often impulsive in any number of potentially self-damaging areas, including gambling, sexual behavior, spending, or substance abuse. Check. I can relate to all of those except for the gambling part. They may frequently threaten or attempt suicide, make gestures indicating suicidal ideation, like that scene in bipolar disorder is not uncommon and can be characterized by change of mood within only a few hours, sometimes referred to as flighty mood. It doesn't even take a few hours for me. It can be zero to a hundred in a few minutes. Um, So yeah, definitely check. (laughs) Symptoms may also include chronic feelings of emptiness, inappropriate expressions of anger, including extremely angry or sarcastic outbursts, and even physical aggression and fights. I never got into fights, but I can definitely relate to all of that. Um, The anger is so intense, like, I almost, like, see red. It's ridiculous, and I just can't. I feel like I can't control it, and um, I know part of the therapy is, like, oh, shit, what's it called? Emotional regulation and distraction techniques and this and that. I'm still working on that. After all this time, I'm still working on that. Um, And then the last part here, it says mild disassociation and paranoia can also be evident when the person is stressed and fearful which I've experienced those as well. Um, And then the last part here, special considerations. People with borderline personality disorder, also known as BPD, often experience a wide range of stress and problems in relationships at work or school and within family. This disorder is associated with high rates of suicide ideation and attempts, which is complicated by the fact that many people try to manipulate others with empty threats to harm themselves. If I ever had a threat to do that, it wasn't empty. 
Patterns of non-suicidal self-harm behavior, such as cutting one on oneself, are also not uncommon with this disorder, especially in younger women. Yeah, I used to cut all the damn time. Um, because unstable relationships is a core feature of the disorder, rates of domestic or partner violence can be high. Thankfully, I never experienced that. Um, yeah, my brother would kill someone if I told him about that, if it were true. This disorder is more commonly diagnosed in women than men, and many people with the features of this disorder have histories of severe childhood trauma, which, yeah, check. Yeah, definitely childhood trauma and abandonment issues and fun shit like that. Um, So I just really thought that was interesting, and just seeing it all on paper, it just, like I said, it really solidifies this disorder that I have and um okay so now that I talked about that um one second oh perfect okay all right so there are coping skills for borderline personality disorder and um one of the main things that my therapist told me to do is she told me to create like a physical self-care kit so i have this little bag and i i think i mentioned it before but it has some just different things to distract me like there's some lipstick in here there is head aid aromatherapy like essential oils there's some candies i like there's this lotion there's um more candy there's wet wipes there's a picture of someone in the program who's who's passed away just as a reminder like that could be me and just different little things like that so that it helps when i remember to bring it but my dumbass takes it out of my purse all the time um and so the, the next coping skill is making a distraction plan. So for the distraction plan, it's really just different things. Like, So the purpose behind it is to create this list of different activities that you can do for when your emotions get too overwhelming for any situation. So you can, so you can um, find a safe place. Go through this list, do the activities that you can given the situation and location that you're in. So when you can go back to the problem, you're in a clearer mindset and you can actually kind of face reality a little better than just reacting to everything. So a lot of it um, has to do with just like writing it out, being mindful, grounding yourself, a lot of deep breathing, um, there's praying, um, like you can help see how you can be helpful to others and then just different things like take a walk play music um play a game on your phone go through tiktok go through facebook um reach out to a friend journal different things like that just create a list as large as you can and um just keep that list with you at all times And it's really going to help you um, 
I mean, I'm not going to say it's going to work all the time, but you know what? Go through every single item if you have to. Every single item, just keep doing it, keep going down the list, and um, really just do what you got to do until those feelings pass. If you have to go through the list multiple times, do it. It's still going to be better than, I mean, if, especially if you're an alcoholic or an addict, it's still going to be better than relapsing. Like, your problems are still going to be there, but at least when you do these activities, you're not going to be in a worse mental state. You're not going to be high as fuck or shit-faced or anything. So, to me, it's important. Like, you could even, um, you can call a hotline, write in a journal practice mindfulness like I said like um it can really help you stay in the present moment um you can indulge in hobbies you can make make use of like you know the time that you have free try to like you know if you can do nothing else try to figure out what you can learn from the situation and try to find at least one positive thing that you can gain from it so Anyways, I'm done telling you what to do. I just really thought that was interesting. And if you ever want to hear more about BPD, I mean, by all means, let me know. I could talk about it all day. So, um, anyways, um, so I briefly mentioned earlier that, you know, whenever I was having those anger outbursts, that I would drink to kind of calm it down. Um, But just remember that the drinks never made it better. It really didn't. It just made everything worse, and it even caused more problems at least half the time. So, you know, whenever I finally got sober for good, I hope it's for good anyways, when I finally got sober, I went to a psychiatrist, and, um, you know, she she diagnosed me with borderline personality disorder and it just all clicked it made sense and I finally felt like I'm not fucking crazy like there's a there's a label to this shit going on in my head and it was it was a relief but it it kind of scared me too because you know like like getting into a 12-step program once you're in it and you're making that commitment to change you actually have to change and do the work And once I knew that I had BPD, I knew I had to get more serious into therapy and a lot of the self-help shit that I really didn't want to do. I had to do it, and I'm still not good at it, but I'm trying. And really, that's all we can do. We um, We can't hold ourselves to a pedestal and expect ourselves to be perfect because we're human. Anyways, um, that is really all I have for you guys today so I hope you got something out of this episode I I feel pretty passionate about it um really but like don't be afraid to reach out to me like most of you know most of you have my numbers you know where to find me you know how to get a hold of me so if there's ever anything you want to hear or something you don't want to hear I can't promise I don't talk about it but (laughs) just just you know, keep in touch, really, um, because if not, I'm just going to keep guessing, and I'm going to talk about just what I want to talk about, 
and if you are a listener of mine, assuming you are, because you're listening right now, then you're just gonna have to deal with it, so, anyways, I love you all, um, just be good to yourselves, don't be afraid to seek, seek any kind of help that you need, it's, it's really okay, um, it's gonna get better, you just have to have the willingness to change, so, anyways, have a wonderful day or night or morning, whatever it is, whatever time you're listening to this, and I love you all, and just a moment of silence for those addicts and alcoholics suffering in and out of the rooms. the serenity prayer as usual so god grant me the serenity to accept the things i cannot change the courage to change the things i can and the wisdom to know the difference all right until next time be good and thank you for listening to another episode of just sobriety where we talk share and spill the tea soberly and anonymously bye guys love you